Welcome in to Fantasy 15, an advice show meant to answer all of your fantasy football questions in 15 minutes or less. We're back. We took about a month hiatus. Um, life just got a little busy. I had to step away from the show for a bit. But today I'm talking about overvalued players, the guys that are going to be lower than their ADP when it comes to their fantasy finish. If you end up with one of these players, it's likely that you won't get what you need based on how early you'll have to draft them. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Fantasy15, or you can send in voice messages to the show using the link in the description below. The first guy I want to talk about today is Kyler Murray. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying here. Kyler is a great quarterback and could have an even greater fantasy season, but he's currently going as the third quarterback off the board in the mid-fifth round. There's an expectation that Kyler, since he's going into his second year, is going to have that Mahomes-Lamar breakout, and he might. I hope he does. He's on my dynasty team. Thinking he's going to record have a record-breaking season, though, is a bit naive. Uh, the difference is is that if he doesn't have that monster breakout, you're massively reaching to get him. Mahomes was being drafted as the quarterback 15 in the 10th round. That's why he produced value in 2018. Lamar last season was being drafted as the 10th quarterback going in the 8th round. That's where you're getting the value, getting them a little bit later. Using your 5th round pick, you're going to be missing out on guys like DJ Chark, Mark Ingram, Terry McLaurin, or Kareem Hunt. After the bye week last year, when Arizona seemed to really be turning a corner offensively, Kyler never finished higher than quarterback 17. That could just be late season fatigue, which is common among rookies, so it could be nothing to worry about, but when you're spending up to get the third quarterback, you have to take all concerns seriously. To put a bow on it, I'm not saying that K1 is a bust, or even going to have a bad dynasty finish. I fully expect him to be a top five quarterback. The problem is you'll have to pass up a lot of talent to get him where he's currently going. The next guy I want to talk about is rookie running back Keyshawn Vaughn. The Tampa Bay backfield has been a real battleground in terms of the fantasy community this offseason, and I want to officially plant my flag with Team Rojo. Jones is currently going about two rounds earlier than Vaughn, but that hasn't been the case all offseason. There's actually been moments where Vaughn has been jumping Ronald Jones in drafts, and I'm going to tell you why I have a major issue with that. Jones already has better measurables, and he's bulked up, adding a few more pounds of muscle this offseason. Plus, he already knows the area in his offense, which is notorious for how complicated it can be. There's not going to be a full offseason. There's going to be a very limited offseason, so rookie players are not going to have a ton of time to get acquainted with NFL offenses, which are a major step up from college offenses. Arians has a history of making young guys sit and earn their time. Even though Jones was a superior talent last year in Tampa Bay, Peyton Barber saw massive work. The same thing happened with David Johnson, his rookie season in Arizona. It's not uncommon for Arians to sit a rookie and make them earn their time. And yes, Ronald Jones wasn't a rookie last year, but it was his first year with Bruce Arians. And yeah, Ronald Jones was benched last season for missing blocking assignments, but pass blocking is notoriously an issue for rookie running backs. And according to the Draft Network, Vaughn's biggest hole is his pass protection. 
He can get there, but he often launches, and if he misses, that's going to be a huge issue when protecting Tom Brady. Lastly, we need to look at how good Jones is at creating yards. The only player credited with creating more yards per carry last season than Ronald Jones was Derrick Henry. Jones was second in the league in broken tackles per attempt behind Alvin Kamara. He's great at making something out of nothing. And for anyone who believes Jones can't be a receiving back, he was second among running backs in yards after catch, and he only had one drop on 41 targets. In the end, it isn't so much Vaughn's ability that will keep him off out of the backfield. It's that Ronald Jones is a much better back that people just haven't been giving him credit for. I expect him to take a workhorse role this season, which means Vaughn will contribute little to nothing in terms of fantasy value, and so drafting him that early isn't really going to pay off. Next, I want to talk about a wide receiver I'm low on this season. It's Cortland Sutton. He's currently going at the end of the fourth round as wide receiver 18. Denver loaded up on weapons for their young quarterback, Drew Locke, and competition is going to be Sutton's biggest issue. First, though, let's look closer at Drew Locke. He only threw for seven touchdowns in five games. During that time, he only went over 200 passing yards twice, and one of those outings was for 208 yards. This all happened against some of the bottom-ranked passing defenses last season. If Locke isn't good, all the options in Denver will suffer, so that's another risk we have to consider with Sutton. Denver loaded up on weapons for Locke, but it seems like they still want the team to rely heavily on the run. Bringing in Melvin Gordon hurts Sutton because it shows a commitment to the run game. Denver already had two serviceable running backs, and it's crazy that in a day and age where people aren't paying the running back, they brought in a free agent. Jerry Judy is a target hog. He's going to get a lot of volume. Fant is a high draft capital tight end that's going to soak up targets as well. KJ Hamler may not get a ton of volume, but he has the ability to end drives quickly with long receiving touchdowns. Because of all that, Sutton is going to see a much more limited role. Last season with Locke, Sutton only eclipsed 10 fantasy points two times, once against the Chargers in a two-touchdown performance, and once against the Chiefs, where he scored 11.9 fantasy points. Sutton appeared to be quarterback-proof early on in the season with Joe Flacco, but that didn't necessarily seem to be the case once Locke took over, and because of that, I'm out on Sutton this year. The last player I want to cover is Odell Beckham Jr. He's currently going in the mid-third as wide receiver 12. The problem with OBJ is a simple fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, you can't get fooled again. Except he's been fooling us for way too long. I don't know how much you can trust Baker Mayfield as a quarterback to begin with. This is definitely a make-or-break season for him. There were rumors that the Browns kicked the tires on Cam Newton. If Baker comes out and lays an egg, do the Browns try to move on from him mid-season? And if that's the case, what does... OBJ's quarterback situation look like. Last season, it seemed like Kitchens was forcing plays to Beckham to keep him happy. If Stefanski runs an offense similar to what he ran in Minnesota, the passing totals are going to be the same or even lower. Minnesota finished right behind the Browns in pass attempts. Uh, OBJ has missed 21 games in six seasons. That doesn't include games that he left early or games that he struggled through with injuries. OBJ had surgery in the offseason to take care of a hernia, so he should be coming back healthy, but it just seems like the guy can't catch a break. I understand the argument for taking Odell Beckham where you're getting him. There's not a lot of other people you can get that 
late in the draft that legitimately have top three talent. The problem is it's been so long since Odo Beckham has done that that I don't think we can really trust him anymore. And for that reason, I'm probably going to be out on him this year. Now we're going to mix things up a bit. I reached out to the fantasy community about who they thought was the most overvalued player in this year's draft. We're going to take some of those messages and we'll talk a little bit about them as well. Here we go. Hey, this is Zach Glixman. You can find me on Twitter at DFFZTrain and listen to the podcast I do with Dynasty Walrus by searching for the Dynasty 1.01 on any podcast platform. The player I have that's being overrated is Juju Smith-Schuster. He's currently going as wide receiver 7 in DLF ADP, and to me, that's his ceiling. So far through his three-year career, he's finished as wide receiver 23, wide receiver 8, and wide receiver 65. When I'm looking for a wide receiver 1 to start my dynasty team with, I'm looking for a guy with consistency and a wide receiver that's quarterback-proof. I don't know that Juju is either of those things. Sure, he had injuries and didn't have Big Ben last year, but with an older Big Ben coming off a significant injury and only one wide receiver one finished through his first three seasons, I don't think I can trust Juju as my wide receiver one. Hey, what's up, Fantasy 15? This is Brett, a.k.a. Open 24 Hours. Add me on Twitter at 1TBRET. The player I want to talk about today is Kenny Galladay who's currently going around wide receiver seven and the 20th player overall off the board. Reasons why are simple. Matt Patricia and DeAndre Swift. Patricia loves to run the rock, as we all know, and they drafted one of the best rookie running backs available this year. Swift is now the Lions' best offensive weapon, and I think the offense is going to run through him, not Galladay, from here on. I'll take any of these wide receivers over him. Hopkins, Godwin, Robinson. Juju Evans, DJ Moore, Cooper, Odell, the list goes on and on. Even give you DJ Chark. Galladay is more of a back-end wide receiver two than elite wide receiver one. And that's the bottom line because open 24 hours said so. Love you, Zach. Hey, Zach. It's Colin Winship here from the Deep Dive Dynasty podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Deep Dive Dynasty or search for us in your favorite podcasting app. One player that I particularly think is overvalued at his current dynasty ADP of RB38 is Daryl Henderson. So far, what we have seen from Daryl Henderson in his NFL career is his inability to find the field and produce, and I believe the pick of Cam Akers signifies from the coaching staff that they do not believe that Daryl Henderson can have any significant role in their offense going forward. When speaking to media about him, they talk about using him in a sort of lightning in a bottle role that they can put in in certain situations, and if anything, to me, that speaks to the fact that they are not looking at giving him a significant workload. And at the ADP of RB38, I would much prefer to take shots on other running backs like Pollard, Madison, Howard, Breida, Dylan, Gibson, or even Ronald Jones. I'm interested to hear what you think about my pick, Daryl Henderson. Thanks. Our last overvalued player came in from Nick DeYoung. You can follow him at Nick Dynasty FF on Twitter or listen to his podcast, Dynasty Football Life. Here's what Nick wrote. Hooper's current Dynasty ADP in July is tight end 10. Nick would rather roll with Gasecki or Hurst or even possibly Jonu Smith, who are going a few picks later 
and have higher upside. Under Stefanski in 2019, Kirk Cousins only had 444 passing attempts, which was 24th in the NFL. Matt Ryan had 616 which was good for third most. Hooper is in for a fight to be the number three target in Cleveland, where in Atlanta, he was the clear third option. Because of that, Nick thinks, move on from Hooper, find a different tight end. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks for everybody who sent in messages, and thanks for listening. As always, follow me at Fantasy15 on Twitter. Send in any email questions you have to fantasy15 at gmail.com or record and send in any voice messages you have using the link in the podcast details. Thanks for listening again. See you next week.